What is up, guys? Uh, today, I'm going to be doing my very first interview. So, that's big. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. It was a martial arts instructor. Her name was uh, Natalie Megan. And she is pretty much the head honcho. Uh, she coordinates a lot of it and all that stuff. And it was a great interview. Uh, I had a great time. And I loved I loved every second of it. It was a great... She's a great person interview. And it kind of just... I, I didn't know how I expected it to go. I realized, like, okay, oh, it might be too short. Um, I might do some additions and add my own opinion, like, sometimes in, in, in the segments. But it went perfect. Uh, I loved every second of it. And I'll definitely be bringing more interviews to you guys. Uh, if you're interested, I'll be posting the link of her martial arts schools. If you're in the Missouri district, I'm sure she has a school near you. Uh, sorry, I had a hiccup there. And I'm sure she could set you up and give you the information if you didn't get enough information out of this interview. Um, great person. Uh, if you're in the Moberly area, it's only $50 a month. Okay, you can go however many times you want for six days a week. And I, I would highly suggest it, guys. Martial arts is a huge thing in your life. And it will add so many things mentally and physically to your toolbox. Uh, and it will just help you so much through life. So if if you're thinking about it and you're in the Missouri area, uh, you can find me at Twitter. Uh, it's just Batman's here 69, the regular gamer tag, and you can ask me questions. I'm sure I can find out all the locations in the area she has. I'm sure she'd be able to tell me. And um, yeah, we'll get you set up. So hope you guys enjoyed. That was it was an awesome interview, and I loved every second of it. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. Uh, and hope you find it as interesting as I did because I, I, I didn't know how it was going to go and I didn't know how interesting it'd get but almost every martial artist has an interesting take and I it was the whole way through I loved it so uh, it's a great time hope you guys enjoy here we go all right we're live with miss Natalie she teaches mobile martial arts and she's been doing it for how many years have we had the school open here yeah for 17, almost 18 years. Okay, so for about 17 years, um, what makes you, as an individual, unique? I think that that question could be the same for absolutely every single person that you ask it for. Because <laughs> what makes me unique is the experiences that I've had up to this point. And I, like many people in this area, grew up on a farm, left the farm, started college, and ended up pursuing a career that was probably very different than most people. And that's maybe the thing that makes me unique is that in addition to teaching martial arts, I also am what's called a right-of-way agent. Most people have no idea what that means <laughs> unless they're in it. the field. Yeah. And so those two things, teaching martial arts and acquiring property to her for land and transportation for road projects is a oh, wow. unique part of what I do. Did you go to college thinking you'd want to do that? Not one bit. I have a chemistry <laughs> degree. Oh, wow. Okay, that, that's it. That tells people in college. You just you got to go with the flow. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, very cool. Okay, um, so what made you pursue martial arts mainly? I started training when I was in college. I had a roommate, and we had a pretty light load one semester, and we were trying to fill some time. And there was an eight-week program that was a taekwondo program was how it was listed in the rec center. And we thought, that sounds kind of like fun. We were tossing it up between that and golf lessons yeah. and decided on martial arts. And so eight <laughs> weeks later, we, our instructor said, what do you guys want to do now? And we said, well, is there more to learn? And he mm -hmm. said, sure. And that was a long time ago. I'm still <laughs> training. Um, what, 
what was the interest? Like, what made you pick that over golf? Was it just something? We just cool? thought it'd be pretty fun to kick stuff. <laughs> you know? I mean, who doesn't like yeah. that? Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> so. Okay, so you did eight weeks and you got into it pretty, pretty easily. Yes. I so, say yeah. That's that's usually the time frame. It takes about it takes about a month or two to get really into martial arts and kind of let it grip you in and stuff. So. Yeah, we had a really great instructor when we first started training. Very cool. he was is he still motivated. teaching? He is not actually. He's not. No. Okay, I gotcha. Is was he the one that got you to this like this degree, or did you switch instructors after a while? Um, I stayed with the same organization okay. for the bulk of my training, but Very cool. with that same that so. that instructor's group. Okay, well, that's had, cool. But he had moved on. Okay. Um, so usually every martial artist has one thing they remember, and it's like a very big accomplishment. What was your biggest accomplishment you achieved in martial arts, and why? I can't say for sure that that's actually happened yet. There are a <laughs> lot of things that I've done that I'm proud of. My own personal training, I, I'm proud of, but I also have recovered from some awful injuries, yeah. and I'm always proud yeah. of that. I've done that and not given up, and yeah. that's always the main thing is that I've kept coming back yeah. over and over again. And if I were to pick one thing, I really don't have a good one, except that I have not quit after all this quit. time. Yeah, and I have a lot of students and a lot of their accomplishments I probably am much more proud of than what I've done myself. Yeah, it's just how it goes with teachers. They, they're they more focused on their students than their own martial arts career, and it's just, it just kind of takes over. I mean, I just I just became a teacher, so it's like it's just a whole different thing. When they go to tournaments, you don't care how you do. You're like, oh, my gosh, I hope he does okay, or I hope she does okay. And you're always stressed out more than they are. You're like, oh, gosh please let them do good and it's it's really hard but that's very cool and I say that's the prime thing in martial arts is just not to give up and keep pushing because everyone has their battle scars everyone has some kind of thing I've broken my nose twice and it's been awful but you just got to keep pushing through and it's been awful I had a broken toe once and the doctor said I had to stay off it for a couple months and week two showed up and I was like yeah no this ain't happening so I had the boot on and I just sparred with my left leg kicking out there hopping along and it was it was awful so that's a very big part of martial arts is not giving up so okay so what is your opinion on MMA sports as a teacher and as a martial artist uh, do you think it gives martial arts a bad reputation because parents might see this and think it's it's not healthy for their kids to do this what do you think it gives a good reputation because uh, it gets people interested in martial arts and might bring them bring more people in I think that there's a long answer to that question, but I'll try to keep it short. Yeah. Like most traditional martial arts practitioners, we've been here doing what we do for a very, very long time. Yep. And trends come, trends go. Yeah. And like a lot of things you see on TV, yep. it's not all truth. And I have very little problem with MMA like any other sport. People like it. People enjoy it. The one thing it does is it gives people sometimes a, a confused perception of what we do in martial arts training. Yep. And our job in everything that we do is to educate them on the the real purpose that we're here and it's not to cage fight there's nothing yeah. wrong with that it's a yeah. sport those folks are very athletic they're very good at what they do and I don't discount that in any way the folks that are very well traditionally trained do very very well in MMA things like you know people like Machida and yeah. GSP they're they're good practitioners because they've been doing martial arts a very very long time so in a lot of ways it helps because it does garner some interest in martial arts and people come and ask some questions and in a lot of ways, it maybe hinders their immediate progress because it's not what they're exactly what they think it's going to be. And so we just fight that kind of perception and make sure that they understand that what they're coming in to train for here may not be exactly the same as a cage fight, and that's completely okay. Yeah. Uh, when I got started in martial arts, all I wanted to do was fight people, and I couldn't spar until I was a green belt. Mm -hmm. And that was, was driving me crazy. He's like, you're not ready yet. Right. And I just kept asking him every single day. He finally gave me, he's like, okay, you want to spar? There you go. And he gave me gear, 
and I got my butt kicked at like the whole class period and it drained me. I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for this yet. I need to condition my body and just make sure I know the basics, like a side kick, a round kick, and you know how everything's like, what's fair and all that stuff. Do you do, um, so yeah, uh, I, I agree. It, it gets people in martial arts, but when they come in, they're like, well, this is what, what I wanted. But they don't understand, like, like Machida and GSP, they started at places like this. Like, they didn't just go into cage fighting, being professionals and just dominating everything. They went to schools and, like, they disciplined their bodies on, on sidekicks and all that. And they just routined it thousands and thousands and thousands of times over. And I think people miss that part. They just they want to try and go in and be a movie star and just kick everybody's butt, but that's just not how it works at all. Yeah, and I have no problem. I mean, we're really upfront about people when people come in and ask questions. Yeah. I don't ever pretend to be anything. We're not. We're not an MMA school. We don't pretend to be. Yeah. And I don't. I don't have any problems with film. We've had students go on to do MMA, mm-hmm. and I think that's fantastic if that's their place and that's where they want to go. But that's definitely not what we're purpose yeah. for. Yeah. I think. I think starting out at a martial arts school primarily is the best route to go because if you go into MMA to start out with, you're not going to know anything. I mean, you're just going to know how to throw a little punch and throw a little kick and try to be okay with that. But if you go into martial arts school like Taekwondo or karate or stuff like that, you'll have a conditioned area. So you have at least one thing you're confident in and you'll be like, okay, at least I know I can throw a kick and I can, I can throw a punch and stuff. I know how to do this. And I don't think people understand that because I think starting out in a martial arts school is way better than starting out just right right out of the gate. You think you're tough, but then you've never gone five minutes of sparring before, and then you realize how unconditioned you really are. Like I've seen people who um, have uh, asthma, and they can spar for 25 rounds because they've conditioned their body to that, they, and they've worked for years trying to do that. And there's tough guys in high school who think they, they can, can do this stuff, and they just never prepared for stuff like that. So I think martial arts school is the the ground level and that's like the fundamentals like you have to know martial arts to even respect something like have the respect and dignity to go in something like that so i really like that area so i think, I think that's a very good point so uh, anything else to add I'm good yeah, to go i think that's okay okay um so the big thing in martial arts is a black belt everyone knows that in karate or taekwondo you have a black belt and not many people know what you have to go through to earn that um and they don't know how hard of a process it is so, uh, coming from a martial arts instructor, what requirements do you personally think someone should have or do to be granted the rank of black belt? For our group, and that's what I can speak most, mm-hmm. mostly on, we have relatively strict requirements and a time frame that varies from student to student based on their amount of training hours, yeah. how much effort they put in, and their level of competency. What we are, though, is very upfront about what's expected of our students and what it takes to earn a black belt. Uh, One of the things that I think is a misconception is that black belt is the pinnacle of our training. Mm -hmm. And really, all it is is a kind of a basic level of understanding of how your arms and legs work and how to control your body and stay focused. And so it's not the pinnacle of training. It's not the end results of... Mm -hmm everything you ever want to accomplish in yeah. martial arts, which is what a lot of people have that idea when they first come in. Mm-hmm. And so again, and kind of going back to educating people on what we expect and what, can, what they can get out of their martial arts training, the black belt for us is not the final training, for, yep. hopefully for most people. So as far as what they should be able to do, what we ask them to do is to be competent at everything that they've learned up to that point. So our black belt is a very comprehensive rank of everything they have learned. From white belt all the way through that, they have to be able to do absolutely every single kick form or partner drill that they've ever been taught. They have to be able to spar competently. 
And it doesn't matter what age they are, they have to be able to defend themselves against somebody their own size. And it has to be within those, within those sparring, sparring rings or things yeah. like that. Um, for every, every system, though, that expectation may be totally different. And I think as long as you're upfront about that with your students and what they're you know, aiming for, mm -hmm. then they're going to be successful. And as long as you're consistent from one student to the next, that you're holding them accountable to the same level of yeah. competency. And we have students of all different abilities, all yeah. different levels of physical ability. Mm -hmm. And if they're putting their best effort forward and are competent to the best of their ability, we, mm -hmm. we don't hold them back from, from most of those levels. Yeah. And again, that somebody, it may take them three years. Some people, it may take six or eight years, yeah. but they will... If they don't quit training, we'll, we'll be able to get them there eventually. How long do you think it takes someone that they don't put as many hours as the rest of the group, but they have some kind of like natural talent to get things right off the bat, like they get their sidekicks correctly, but they don't put a lot of time in? Like, how, Would you hold them back to restrain them so they don't get too ahead of the group because they're not putting the time and effort? Yes. Or you would? Okay, I, say that's, yeah. I respect I that. Absolutely. I think people need to put in effort where mm -hmm. it's due. and. And I don't think that, you know, natural talent is not a bad thing, don't get me wrong. I think that's definitely worth yeah. something. And some people come in with abilities that not everybody has, but that doesn't get you to shortcuts completely. So we, we yeah. make sure that people put in their time, put in their effort, and, and that's what garns them ranks. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, I think I've seen that most commonly in the younger kids, like the five to eight-year-olds. They get a lot, they, like their mind just is going so fast and they can keep up with so much stuff. They get a hold of it so much faster. And I've seen some schools where those kids have only been in it for maybe two or three years, maybe, and they've gotten their black belt, and they're already going for their second-degree black belt, and it's just they don't, they haven't quite understood what martial arts is about, mm -hmm. and they haven't got to the age where they really can respect it. And just because they like they spar, like I think at tournaments, the kids who spar the hardest are the young kids because they just have that really hard drive to just keep going, and they don't, they have so much adrenaline, they can just keep going forever. But it, I think younger kids um, shouldn't be an exception because I've seen many schools where they make exceptions. They have like these uh, tiger belts or young like junior belts and they achieve the black belt that way just because they're younger and they get a hold of stuff quicker. And instructors just don't notice that. They haven't really obtained like the mindset of what it is yet. So. Yeah, and our kids and adult curriculum is exactly the same. So they're yeah. held accountable for the exact That's same very information good. all the way to black belt. That's good to know, yeah. So, so a lot of times the kids move along slower than mm -hmm. the adults would. How much, uh, what do you think your best guess, it can be a baseball park guess, what do you think the average time it takes students in your school to get a black belt is? Um, well, different from a lot of martial arts systems, mm -hmm. we have a zero dan black belt, which is similar to like uh, recommended, recommended black, black and belt. some other yeah. systems. And so to get to that point, for most people, it's three to four years. Okay. Uh, to get beyond that is about a year to net the next first stand. So yeah. most people are probably five years in by the time they would yeah. get a first stand. That makes sense, I say. And pe people don't know what a recommended black belt is. It could be like separating from the color belts to the black belt. Like that's the, the, the barrier in between kind mm -hmm. of thing. It kind of mixes in. So you get a little bit of the training and all that stuff with a black belt as a color belt. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. Uh, our, our school, when it was open, they did black belt from second degree black belt it generally took people generally a year and then second degree to third degree is about about two years generally to get to that level and like just i mean some people took longer but the minimum was about two years to just achieve even farther and so yeah um for testing do you guys do testings here we for do. belts mm -hmm. okay so um uh i'm trying to think of the right way to say this uh so some schools they 
do like a payment thing and that I mean there's like general giant corporations of martial arts that are just countrywide or nationwide they just the parents pay the kids get the belt no matter what do you guys are, are you guys a little bit stricter since you're more uh, local and stuff we are we have 11 schools in the area yeah. and we are completely locally operated yep. um, we do charge for the testing but yep. it's not a guaranteed pass yep. and we do periodically fail students I say yeah we do a whole okay. lot of assessment within our classes though and I do not let every student test every time there's an opportunity for it we have to make sure that we we are certain that they're going to uh, be successful before we put them up there and then it's up to them to do the do the hard job work. right yeah okay I like that okay very cool and uh, most martial arts schools they will have testings and to get different belts some schools they do belts based on experience but most schools do do testing so it's not irregular but that's nice to know that the school kind of you have to have the skill level you can't just be a rich person saying, okay, here's here's some money, give me a belt, and no, just come to class bit. and stuff, so that's good. Not one bit. And, yeah. and sometimes, again, those those testings are not real life, and we understand that, mm -hmm. but it does put people under pressure, it makes them nervous, and it helps them face that fear of being up in front of somebody, and it's not the same as being in a fight or an altercation, but it does allow you to deal with your training under some adrenaline to see if anything comes out like you'd hope it would. Yeah. So it helps to see if that training is, is working and starting to put things Very together. Cool. And you said for black belt testing is they have to successfully defend themselves against students. Is that like a, a sparring session maybe against a couple of students they'll, or something Yeah, like that? they'll spar against other students that yeah. are, again, similar same, age. Same, They're not having level. to fight against adults if they're kids, yeah. but they have to do partner drills against people and, again, do those very cool correctly and well and yep. with, with adequate contact and same with the sparring and yeah, that's smart that's there are few schools that do that really anymore that I've seen out of traveling just to see different schools and I think that's a big aspect of martial arts like you do need to know how to defend yourself especially now this world's crazy so I think a black belt should be able to successfully defend themselves that's a good part of your training so okay um, so self-defense is becoming more popular as the country is getting a little bit more crazier. Um, do you think, as an instructor, uh, do you think self-defense classes should be incorporated as a class in high school for as an option to take for students? I think that would be a fantastic opportunity. And I'll be honest, I we actually here locally teach a lot of programs, and especially at elementary school levels, that are about self-defense mm -hmm. and about anti-bullying, things that martial arts really helps involved with yeah. so those are not strictly martial arts programs but they yeah. are done through the school system would I love for that to be a nationwide program for us or for anybody absolutely because I think there's a huge benefit to be done from yeah. and learn from that I've, I've read recently that there's a, a couple of countries in Africa that are starting to implement it within yeah. their their program in their school systems and wow. not just the self-defense for the girls but also for the boys, everybody that gets to take those classes, but they're also doing a lot of consent classes about mm -hmm. what it means, yeah. because there's a huge problem it's with a rape in a lot of African Africa. countries, yeah. and it's been starting to really help that and turn over that generation, and those things are learned not just in one generation, but it takes a lot of time to overcome those mm -hmm. things. So if as a society we have a little more kind of knowledge coming into that yeah. about how to fight back if we have to, but also how to not get ourselves in those situations yeah. on either side. Yeah. It's really, I think, going to help a lot. Yeah, and um, I read a report, and I think it's just the confidence. Like, it, it's not just about something, like, it gives you a confidence, like, when you're walking on a street, or walking on the campus, like, you know, okay, I'm confident enough, I can defend myself. You're not always scared at nighttime, and it's just blocking you from doing things, because you're just too scared to go out, um, and I think it could definitely help people because there's the, the chances of that, even in the United States, 
it's still one in five for college women. And it's, it's just a huge rate. And uh, I know several people who just think, oh, that'll never happen to me. And I'm like, okay, well, what if it does? And they don't have an answer. They just kind of just sit there and like, well, I don't know. I, I guess I can have my pepper. I'm like, okay, well, if you forgot your pepper spray, I mean, you don't forget, you don't bring your phone charger everywhere with you. You'll forget it a couple of times. So what happens if that one time you forget? It's And people just don't realize that it could be them. It's not really anywhere safe anymore. There's, there's The mindset is just totally different from now, from what it was 50 years ago. And it's just people need to understand that it's a dangerous place and they need to let their body know how to defend itself so they, they're confident enough. So. Yeah, and I agree with that. I don't think that it's all physical. I think yeah. there are things we can learn physically. Yeah. At the end of the day, a whole bunch of it, though, is situational awareness yeah. and you know, paying attention to where you're at, what's around you, and trying to keep yourself out of harm's way as much as possible. Yeah. And again, weapons could help if you train mm-hmm. properly with them. I don't have any problems with people carrying firearms and pepper spray and things like that if you know how to use yeah. them and you you can use them under pressure. And that's become yeah. that's where I get a little bit anxious about it when people just get a piece yeah. of equipment and think it's gonna be the, it's gonna the be okay. savior, but really you have to learn how to Pepper utilize it yeah. very significantly with, yeah. again, under pressure, yeah. not, not on the good day at the range. And, and same with pepper spray. Yeah. A lot of people buy pepper spray, carry it around, think it's going to be fine, and they've never sprayed it yeah. and don't, don't know. know how or what, yeah. how long it's going to take them to get it out, things like that. Yeah. And so anything that you add to your repertoire is okay if you yeah. spend the time working on it. So I think, again, knowledge is power. Yes. And yes. being aware of your surroundings is the ultimate Self-defense. Yeah, I say it, it's easy to go out and buy a gun or buy pepper spray or buy a mace or whatever it is, but when your mind is going so fast you're too scared to react and you just drop it, well, that's just one more weapon for them to use against you. And Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. You really do need to be be ready like that for that adrenaline rush that's going to come because if you've been in a – if you've been in a – like even sparring, your adrenaline just spikes completely and you almost – you're just a different person. So in that kind of scenario, you just got to be ready – and know how to really use that stuff properly and securely and stuff. So I agree. Um, so martial arts is kind of a – it's separate from school sports uh, like basketball, football, baseball, and stuff like that. Um, and people think it's it could be a, leather, a lesser sport than those or it could be a better sport than those. Um, what is your opinion that separates martial arts from sports like those sports? Okay. I think that martial arts in general, one of the things that – separates it from it is it's a lifelong commitment if you want it to be. It's something you can sign up for and do the rest of your <laughs> life. And that's probably not the same as football or baseball yeah. or some of those other other type of sports. Um, I honestly don't like to call martial arts a sport. We have a small sport component to what we mm-hmm. do, but that is not the main reason that we're here. Yeah. And so different from a lot of those, from a kid's perspective, if you're looking at for signing up for a kid, the difference between us and a baseball team is we don't have a bench. Everybody gets to participate, the whole class, the whole, everything that we do. There's nobody sitting out. There's nobody that doesn't get a turn if they're not good enough. Everybody gets to participate to the best of their ability. And I think for a lot of parents especially, that's a huge change in attitude towards some of the other things that are that are very much based on competition. And I have no problem with competition, but again, within our program, it's competition within yourself, yeah. against yourself, based yes. on you know progress and and everybody gets to participate. And that makes, I think, a big difference between us and a lot of other sports programs. Yeah, and um, I agree. I think uh, a lot of school sports are team-based, and it's kind of just like, okay, if you're tired, someone else can pick up the pace for you and can just take a break. 
and martial arts, it's it's how far you're going to push yourself. And if you choose to cheat on push-ups now, you're going to regret it later when you have a, a harder test to do, like for push-ups and stuff. And it's all about pushing yourself and keeping yourself. Like when you're sparring, I think you're the least important person because the person sparring with you is giving their time and their energy to you, and like they're helping you. And it's when you're a team in school, you're just trying to like be better than the next kid. But when you're sparring with someone, you're trying to improve yourself and help the person beside you train. And it's just, it's a whole different, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. It's like a different level of, of situations like to put your, on your body physically. And it, it's way more different than sports that you can be benched. And um, on baseball, like you said, you can be benched and you'll miss out on those opportunities to have those situations. And in martial arts, kids, uh, they're, I, I mean, I watched before, you had everyone had a turn and they switched partners and they all, they all got a feeling of what it was. And it was, it was up to them to, to use that like during their testings and stuff. And I think that's a really good idea. I was trying to think, I, oh my gosh, I had an idea. I had a question and it just blurred away. Um, so yeah, we'll get back to it. I'm sure I'll think of it again some point in time. So we'll just jump back to that some point in time when I remember it. Okay. Um, so you have 11 schools in the Missouri area. Um, what are the fees for your school? Are they monthly, yearly, or they go by each testing? So for people that are interested in joining. Okay. Um, with each one of our locations, there may be slight differences in price, mm -hmm. but what we like to do is keep our prices low and reasonable so that we have, we have a lot of families who choose to train together. And that's one yeah. of the things that we really like about our program. So we want to try to keep our tuition low. Um, our average tuition is about $50 a month. And that is for an unlimited amount of classes every week. Uh, once you sign up at any one of our locations, you basically are free to roam <laughs> at any of the other other yep. schools that are That's in the good. area. And so for here, for Moberly, for instance, within 30 miles, we have classes six days a week. So if you sign oh, up wow. here in the program in Moberly, you could participate in all those other locations and you can train six classes, six hours, six days a week for that same price. Um, we've, we've got programs all over the area. Yeah. So. Um, and your adult classes are about, what, an hour and a half? So, like, what, what do you think your average class time is from yeah, the schools? Yeah, most of our classes are an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the, That's good. the, the amount of you know, time. So, yeah, the but, kids' classes are often closer to an hour, the adults' yeah. hour, an hour and a half. So. And that's nice because, again, I've seen those giant corporations of martial arts, and they do, like, 30-minute classes. But, I mean, your warm-up could take that long. So, I mean, it's good to know, like, some class, your schools does, like, an hour and stuff like that, and they can go whenever, whatever day they want, and um, what are your times? Do you have a, like, what, when's the start and end for each class and stuff? Um, here in Moberly, we've got a beginner's class at 4 p.m., uh, kids and family class at 5.15, and adults start at 6.30, and we train here on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Okay, and some people might think it's a scam, like, to get the family thing, but it really is nice for families to do this together because... Like I said, with martial arts, it's just a whole different level of what you're putting your body through. And it's, it's the, the more families I see do it, like I've seen a father and son do it, and they've completely bonded over it because it's such a big thing for them to do. Like, because they can push each other in sparring and all that stuff. And if you didn't clean his room, you can keep him a little harder. But, um, but the family, when you really do it with families, it really completely changes the bond and stuff. And it's just such a big thing to do and put in the family. So, yeah, I my like husband that. and I have trained together for. Gosh, I don't even remember how many years. <laughs> what 
is it? What year is it? Twenty. It's twenty eighteen. Yeah. Nineteen, nineteen years we've been training together. Wow, that's crazy. So we, I think that it's really, it's very valuable to yeah. build relationships. Mm-hmm. It helps again if you're trying to, if you're looking at it from a self defense preparation standpoint. It's yeah. good to have your entire family getting the information and learning yeah. how to defend themselves, and it's just darn fun. Yeah, I say, and <laughs> yeah, I say, and it's easier on the kid because. No matter what you're doing, like if it's baseball, if it's no matter what sport it is or what, what it is, the kid's always nervous their first couple times here. So the family kind of just gives you an area like this is the first thing they can do with their parents on a physical level like that actually is in inside of school and stuff like they're learning. Yeah, and we have a lo- load of people who come in for their kids. Yeah. And they watch the kids practice for yeah. a week or two weeks or three weeks yeah. and then they sit back here and they think, you know what, I, I think I could do that. That yeah. looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's how we, we end up getting parents a lot of yeah. times. A month or two or three yeah. after their stu- after their kids have yeah. started, um, and some people come in completely intending to do something with their kid, and they yeah. know that we're a program that allows them yeah. to train together. A lot of martial arts systems separate eight by age and don't allow yeah. parents to train with their kids, and yep, we per- we actually allow for a family class in all, every yep. one of our locations so that parents can train with their kids or older siblings can train with younger siblings if they want to. That's good to know. I say in another good thing. That's another good thing about martial arts. I just thought of like. The longer you're here, it's just it's a whole different bond. Like um, with school sports, it could be a different team each year, but martial arts is just like that's your family. You're training like you don't want to hurt them when you're sparring. You just want to like help them get better and you get better. Like if you have like me, for instance, like a 19 year old and I'm sparring against a 12 year old, I just want to see him get better. And it's just it's a whole different bond in martial arts. Like everyone just is so close, and once you get to know everybody, like it's just such a such a different environment. Like I've never seen a negative environment in martial arts. It's just it's such a positive area to be in and it really helps yourself your self-confidence and your self-esteem and all that stuff just to like zone out and just do martial arts so i agree i definitely like that (laughs) (laughs) that's good um so uh martial arts schools you have 11 of them how many you're an instructor here you're one of the main instructors um how many kids do you have or how many students rather do you have training under you at this school and then if you train at other schools uh, how many are there too? So in our location here in Moberly, we've typically kind of our annual census is usually around 50 students. Okay. Um, they're, again, they're split up over a few classes each mm-hmm, evening. Yeah. So typical class class sizes maybe 10 to 10, 18 yeah. people is pretty typical for each okay. each one of those class segments. Um, with, throughout our entire organization, we end up and again this this fluctuates throughout the year, mm-hmm. but we we have about 300 students in our organization, wow. and that's. Local to northern Missouri, we've got some mm-hmm. schools and students over in the Kansas City area and also a small, solely <laughs> independent little group out in Portland, yeah. Oregon that's oh, wow. trains with our group as well. That's very cool. Um, when How did the Oregon one get started? Was that just someone that moved there? That was a student from Columbia who oh, moved wow. up there and she wanted to continue wanted to help out. continue training and teaching and so she wow. set up a program and we actually, my husband was out there last weekend doing belt grading for yeah. her students. So that's awesome. A good little program up there still. Um, this is a side question. I totally just thought of this. Um, you guys test your students. Um, I know you have a lot of black belts here. Do you have a requirement like for what you have to have to, uh, how do I say this, like grade the testing, like be able to judge during the testings? Or do, like, do you just kind of know when they're ready? To allow somebody to grade yeah, students? Yeah, like how would you allow, like, say a random student, like say they're a second degree black belt or a first degree black belt, like do you have a way to know, like do you just say, okay, you're ready, I think, and we trust you. Are you ready to grade, or is it like kind of like okay, we're gonna solely have we, these teachers? No, grade. we don't let anybody grade till fifth in. That's good. Okay, that's cool. Uh, fifth degree black belt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so just for people that don't know what that is yes. too. So, okay, that's very cool. I think that's a good idea too because you have to know 
if they're ready or not. And, and I think until you get to that level, you probably don't know the techniques enough. Like I, I've judged a couple. I've judged, I've done, I've been a judge at a tournament and stuff, and they just move so fast. Like I don't think I'm at that level where I'm ready to really understand if they're like a first place or a third place or a second place. Like there's just if there's nine kids competing. I like I'm only a secondary black belt, so compared to a fifth degree, it's a whole different level of thought. Like I could think someone, okay, that's a first place student, but you said, okay, well their kick was a little sloppy or like you just saw something completely I never even thought of. You're like, okay, that's probably a third or fourth place. So yeah, it's. I'm yeah. For our tournaments, we actually allow people to judge tournaments That's good. a lot lower rank, but yeah. but to belt promote and grade, mm -hmm. we, we require that to be fixed in. But our, yeah. we do it within our instructors and our judges. We actually have a certification program where we, we have people go through extra classes specifically for that purpose, yeah. to learn how to be a judge and what to look for. And then we do practice training sessions and practice tournaments so that they're, oh, they the learn how yeah, to do that. Yeah, the kids get to do it. Yeah. The kids practice That's the good. rule set and the instructors and the folks that are going to be judging learn how to judge okay. properly. So those those are allowed at a lower belt level. But, That's good. But you really don't let them... But they don't grade yeah, the testing and promote when it, students. Yeah. Once, another, once another belt on the line, you kind of want to be the experience. You want to experience people on that. That's, that's understandable. That's a very good topic. So, um, So a lot of people think... Martial arts is kind of like a gym, and they're scared they're not fit enough to go in, and they think they won't be able to compete uh, with other students, and they think their fitness level will be able to will hold them back from doing anything. Uh, do you think anyone? Do you do you think fitness matters at all? And if it does, do you think there should be a certain part of fitness, like they should be at a certain level? And if not, just say why they don't have to be too fit to join martial arts. Okay, I think that everybody starts at the beginning. Yep. And it makes absolutely no difference what your beginning looks like. The first step is to get in the door. And you begin with wherever you are. And your fitness level is what it is. Yep. You start with that and you hopefully improve from that position forward. You're not here to compare yourself with other people. Yep. You're here to compare yourself with who you were yesterday and try to make improvements from there. So will, will you struggle? Yes. But so does everybody <laughs> else. And yep. that's part of the deal. It's a physical and mental struggle to get through your training regardless of your physical yeah. starting point. Yeah. But everybody starts from where they are. And again, there's no perfect Martial body arts. type yeah. for what we do. Mm -hmm. um, some systems are very much lend themselves to a different type of body type, mm -hmm. you know, tall, lanky, long legs, etc. Mm -hmm. But for what we do, we try to take each individual person and find what their strengths will be and improve those as much as we can and help them understand what's going to be the best tools in their toolbox. Yep. It doesn't matter where you start from. You just have yeah. to start. Yeah, and I agree. Um, it, like, for different heights or weights, it could like, really vary on like, what kind of tools like, are perfect for them. Um, I say that usually the shorter people are more flexible because they go to tournaments and there's tall guys in there and they, their body is forced to get more flexible so they can kick higher. And so like, I see a lot of people like, really short like, like, I, like I am and they have like, really good flexibility eventually when they get higher up in the belts. And the tall guys, they have really good sidekicks, and like everyone just is so so different, and so like it's almost impossible to compare yourself because, like as a teacher, you probably know like each student you have is just is unique at, and really good at something. Like I I've seen kids, I've seen a girl, her kicks are like landmines, and she just she does it perfect, like a perfect sidekick and a perfect round kick, but her punches she kind of just flails them around, and so everyone's just kind of completely different in, in how they think and how their body works, and it's just it's a whole different mindset. Yeah, so. And it's a process for everybody, and honestly, if you as an individual decide you need to wait until the perfect time to start martial arts you probably do that in other parts of your life too mm -hmm. and the best time to start is right now yeah honestly when you're thinking about it 
don't wait until there's a you feel like you're in perfect shape just come in and start because that yeah the training will help you yeah. get where you want to go it'll help you meet those goals yeah i agree like the the second you think should i do martial arts that's probably the best time to start and um yeah i've seen i've seen people who work out all the time and they're just like i'm not even gonna lie they're just pretty much just shredded top to bottom and they just start joining martial arts and there's kids in the class like oh my gosh she's gonna be awesome I was like, yeah, you just wait. And they started sparring, and they just didn't know anything. And there was people that were nowhere near at that, that level of crazy fitness, and they were just kicking his butt because he just he didn't have the tools for his body yet, and he just didn't know what was perfect for him. And it, it's just crazy to – you really just can't compare because there's, just, there's levels to martial arts. And a white belt comparing themselves to like a, a fifth-degree black belt is just – there's a there's a there's miles and miles of experience in between that and it's it's kind of just how you take martial arts and what you get from it and how you take it and how you use it and stuff from your toolbox so uh yeah i agree with that completely um so there's a lot of different martial arts and a lot of them do different things uh what types of training does your school do and like does all the schools do uh do you do uh, sparring, like different types. Do you do full contact sparring? Do you do padded sparring? Do you do stylistic forms? Uh, do you do drills with pads? Uh, workout drills? Uh, what what kind of is the basis of what your guys' physical activity is? Sure. The martial arts system that we're training in here is called Yanwa Ru. It is a Korean art, but it's a stand up fighting system and it's primarily striking. We spend a bulk of our time learning how to do that. So, mm -hmm. our typical class structure would be a warm up session kicking, punching, striking session, and then we have a basic technique and, and form session. Those are very traditional aspects yep. of our program that teach us actually self-defense without yeah. a partner originally yeah. is the intent, and so it, it causes you to go through a series of movements to learn how your body works, to develop power, to develop your balance, and your kind of distance and timing awareness. Mm -hmm. And then we have a pro part of the program that will involve partner drills, sparring and very much self-defense applications from those forms um, we don't have a very large sport element to what we do yeah. we do a few tournaments a year just for the fun of it yep. but that's not the main part of our our training it's a very small component to what yeah. we do on our regular basis um, periodically we throw in things like weapons and board breaking yep. um, we like to do a little bit of tai chi training some people like to do some <laughs> groundwork but those yep. are also not main portions of yeah there's little perks to, yeah there's so. little perks to do um with the sparring you do, do you have like a, a belt requirement or uh, like an experience requirement? Like do you let white belts go in or do you like have like say, okay, you need to wait until you're really ready to be sparring? Because some schools just let them go right out of the gate and they say, okay, just learn how it is. Just go easy on the students. And some schools have a requirement for like you need to know the basics and stuff. Uh, for our first two belt levels, white and yellow belt levels, for us we do basic drills with yeah. sparring. Um, and what we call exchange fighting, where it's just a little bit more controlled, a little mm -hmm. bit more structured. Yep. And then by the time they get to green belt and beyond, we spend more of our time doing what we call free sparring. Yep. Um, and most of our sparring is done in a continuous session, so they'll they'll do full minute rounds or full two minute rounds without stopping. They're not, it's not a point and stop situation. Yep. Um, we typically have hand and foot covering to protect what we're striking with. Yep. And chest protector and headgear to protect yep. what's getting hit. Yeah, it's a very I say it's, it's sparring is very safe. Um, people think. Uh, you go in with just the clothes on your back and you just go crazy and a lot of it's very rare to see martial arts schools do that um, gosh I had another thought in my head uh, oh so what she meant by organized sparring 
So it could be like a combination, probably like you teach them how to do punches, like two punches and a kick or something like that. And then free sparring is kind of just, you say, okay, you combine two students, let them spar, and they just kind of do what they have and you just let them do their own, their own style and kind of let them get an idea of what uh, a simulated fight is like. But it's all protected. And it's it's very safe. Yeah, and there's a rule set with that that's yeah. not realistic as far as the self-defense application. Say some people don't do concerned. hits to the head and stuff like and that. And so that part is again, it's a sport element of what we yeah. do, but it does teach us distance and timing. Yeah. And it teaches you to get hit and not deal, you know, mm-hmm. not freak out about it pretty much. And that's one of the main reasons I think yeah. it's valuable. Um, with a lot of our, again, we do this with most students, but especially the lower ranking students, we'll do drills like how do you deal with this one particular mm-hmm. thing coming at you, and we'll break yeah. that down and give them some options and help them work on footwork yeah. and timing yeah. as a spar as part of their sparring too. As the beginning. yeah, and um, yeah, it's very safe and it's very rare. Many schools have different rules, and it's 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 very rare to have a student get injured, and if they are, it's very much an accident most of the time. Um, I say I've gotten a broken nose, but it's a complete accident. Um, but you, most of the students are, are very well protected, so for anyone thinking it's kind of dangerous, it's really right regulated. It's not like the, the teachers go off and say, okay, go go at it, and they just kind of do their own thing. Like, it's a lot of people are watching while you're going at it, so. I've read there's actually more injuries in contact bas- contact injuries from basketball yeah, than there are I in martial that. arts, and there's more ankle and hip injuries in golf really? than that's, there are in martial arts, too. I, that doesn't shock me. That's, yeah. that's just some statistics yeah, I've read. I can't remember insane. where we read that, but yeah, that, that's... It's Again, a fun it's a, facts. <laughs> people get hurt doing other stuff too. And yeah. That's, I think people have this preconceived notion that they're, well, somebody's kicking and punching at me, I'm going to get hurt. And yeah. That's not true because we're learning to do it safely. Yeah. And we're learning to do it very respectfully. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like, no matter what you're going to do, no matter what sport you're going to go through, you're going to have injuries. I mean, yeah, one of my, I had a friend who did volleyball. He did beach volleyball and his knees got messed up. And you wouldn't think there'd be, like, that's not even a violence. But, like, there's no violence in that. And in martial arts, it's not like the two partners are trying to kill each other, they're trying to just improve each other. So. There's no amount of violence in it. It's just it's purely just trying to become a better martial artist yourself. So I agree. Um, so a student and a teacher are completely different things, and it's just whole different levels of being aware. And when you go to, to tournaments or you do testings, the teachers are going through like almost more stress than the students because they want to see them pass. Uh, what pushed you to decide to be an instructor, and uh, what? pushed you from being from going from a student to a teacher when I first started training again I was in college we had these programs set up through the university and the first summer (laughs) or the first year that I did it I really enjoyed my training and the second time the second semester that we were doing this we had a whole new batch of beginners and so as a somewhat more experienced student my instructor kind of leaned on a few of us to help these brand new folks and so as a yellow belt with about four months of experience, <laughs> I got asked to help lead with lead some of the white belts through a bit of training. And again, I technically didn't understand what I, all I should yeah. have been able to explain to them, but in our system especially, we feel like if you have a bit more experience than somebody else, you probably have a bit of knowledge that you can mm-hmm. pass along. And so my teaching experience began quite early, yep. and I learned a lot of value in trying to be able to explain something well enough that someone else could understand it, and not just learn it for myself, but for others. Uh, that, probably that, semester of helping with that beginner more yeah. beginner class than yeah. I was solidified the fact that I thought this was a good idea down the line so when I had the opportunity to go through our instructor certification and go through that training it seemed like a logical step it's really exciting to watch somebody else who doesn't think they're going to be capable mm-hmm. of succeeding in martial arts yeah. and see those lights click on and yeah. see them get excited and see them 
make past milestones yeah. that they never expected yeah. they would make it through and it's it's a very rewarding experience to yeah. be able to give that back yeah. i personally love to train as well myself and i spend mm-hmm. as much time as i can yeah. doing my own training so that i will continue to have new things to give back mm-hmm. to my students but i do think that there's a huge value in helping other people because to teach is to learn it twice yeah um what so all the students you teach what do you hope to see achieve them achieve themselves i hope that they become the best martial arts that they can in martial arts that they can be and not just the best here but the best in every aspect of their life to take the lessons that we teach here to not give up to to try hard at everything you do and have a good attitude and be respectful everywhere you go to take those lessons and put them into every part of their lives yeah. and you know if they want to teach martial arts and continue training their whole life we we will have them yeah. but I know that's not the case and that's not the story that most people experience <laughs> so I hope that the lessons that we can teach them yeah. that they will carry through not just now, but yeah. in the future as well. Yeah, see, that's another thing that people just don't understand. That in martial arts, like, if I'm training a nine-year-old, like, you want them to be just ten times better than you were at that age. And just, like, you just want to see them go crazy and just do so much more. And it, that's what really makes martial arts a really special sport. Um, what, what did you think when your instructor asked you to teach? Were you nervous? Or was it kind of just like, okay, I, I have to do this and... I just, I'll just get through it and do my best. Well, at the very early stages, you just don't know any better, and you're like, oh, all right, I yeah. think I, and you're excited because you've got a little bit of something that you think you can pass along yeah. to somebody else. I don't think, I think that's true of a lot of things, though. As, as kids and as, we equate that to, to lower ranks in martial arts as well, you don't know enough to be nervous at the beginning. Yeah. And then when you start to have expectations of how you should perform and how you should be able to do things, that's when you start to get a little bit of anxiety about mm-hmm. it. And so early on, I didn't have any concerns. I just was able to, I shared what I thought I could talk about and yeah. that was the end of it. And, you know, it was a little bit later on when I started to think, oh, I really need to, I need to know what I'm talking about yeah. if I'm gonna be an instructor. And I think that actually holds a lot of people back because they think, oh, if I don't know all the answers, I shouldn't try it. Yeah. But really, none of us have all the answers. We're all on the same path. No. Nope. An instructor's just a little bit further on the road. Yeah. Uh, do any of your students like kind of help here and there? Do you have like uh, assistant instructors in the school? Yeah, we do, and especially yeah. here in Moberly, we've got a busy class, and so, mm-hmm. again, we have an instructor certification program, and mm-hmm. so these folks will do about a 30-hour training program that mm-hmm. they do specifically, not just on technical stuff, but how to teach it, Yeah. Uh, not just running through the curriculum again. We go through, yeah. how do you teach this to a five-year-old, how do you teach mm-hmm. this to an adult, and then after they've completed that, we have a 120-hour internship program, which, so for most people, that's a year to two years yeah. of training under another instructor, and so we have... Here in the school, I think I've got six people who are going through that internship, and so they help out, and we've got a few others that are already certified that will come in and teach classes. So that we have within our whole group, we have a lot of folks who are willing to travel around and teach a class here and there and visit, and and it's a really, we have a pretty tight-knit organization, and everybody's willing to help everybody else out. That's good. That's that's what it's all about in martial arts. Um, Is there a rank for, like, when they're allowed to take that test? Or is it like just experience? Kind um, of? That certification course, we only allow adults, kind of mm-hmm. youngest would be like 14 or 15 years old yeah. is kind of what we would consider adult in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they are typically red or brown belt, which again, for most people is about two to three years with, yeah. in their training. Mm-hmm. And then they can start helping out with the, with the program. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right. I think we covered it. Uh, thank you for joining me. This is the first interview, so I think it went pretty well. Yeah, I liked it. It was so. nice to talk to you. Thanks for yeah. for talking to me. Yep. Uh, anything you have to say about the school or anything you want to put in there last minute? Or all good? Whether you're here or anywhere else, <laughs> if you've ever considered martial arts training, I, I guarantee 
yeah. it's worth worth considering. Yeah, so it's get, worth a get try. Some, uh, just jump in and try. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, thank you. You're welcome.